coming soon to Fox League by popular demand, Ricky, part two. Isn't this gonna be an absolute cracker? All the best bits that didn't make the cut for part one. The dummy spits. Mate, when you write crap articles about me the way you do, why should I talk to you? The blow-ups. Well, if you think it's a spear tackle, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be a journalist in rugby league. <clears throat> oh, man, I'm not here for the parents. The texters. I walk into the change rooms there, I've got 47 texters. I never turned my phone on after the game, but I thought, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong in what I was thinking tonight. 47 texters. The blokes hurting. I've got a devastated bunch of boys in there who are busting their gut at the moment. All season they have. Even when we get beaten by 50, they've been putting in. And it hurts me to see them hurt. It really does. <coughs> the walkouts. I can't tell you the truth. I can't tell you the, the, the way that game panned out because I'll get fined. So uh, I'm not going to answer any questions. I've done my job. Thanks. In the flight clearing. Bear with me with uh, my voice. <coughs> but if I, um, if I didn't come here... Yeah, people think I um, was hiding, <clears throat> but um, just excuse me for it. We've got it all. We'll be an absolute bull terror coming soon to Fox League. Don't miss it. Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And this is the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet brought to you by... Oh, I've got this all wrong. I don't know. I'm just off my stride. I don't know. There's something wrong with me this week. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the impending meeting of Melbourne Storm this weekend that's just, you know, got me spooked. Are you spooked? There is a sense of doom and dread. It's kind of... Because for a while there, I used to always have this perpetual sense of doom and dread. Uh when we came up against the Melbourne Storm. And then for, you know, briefly a few years ago, I was I went, I don't dread playing Melbourne Storm anymore. I, I relish it. No. I look, I was looking forward to it. And, you know, we had a great run for a period there. We've... we've Did three in a row. Yeah, well, we've... The last three we've, times we've played them, we've yeah. lost. But prior to that, we won, we won three in a row. Yeah. And you realise how long... Well, how long a time in football, 12 months is, or I guess it's about 15 months. When, when that first game out of lockdown... At yeah. Amy Park. Was yeah. that May? Yeah, and we won them. And nice. I was like, we're going all the way, baby. All the way. Josh Hodgson was better than Cameron Smith. He was. And George, we did, and George we did Williams it. had arrived. Yeah, and we did it without John Bateman as well. I was like, yeah. there's life after John Bateman. And there is. Everything's good. And since then, it's been it's been dark and it's been ugly. And yeah, we're, going, we're facing this, this Thursday. That's why we're coming out again earlier this week. And uh, yes, not many people give us a chance. No, but uh, while we're sitting here in the filthy storeroom buried somewhere in the bowels of Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? No. And with the dubious support of the Greenhouse, the Canberra Raiders' number one fan forum on the internet, you really should get on board and get engaging because right now it's a really good place to be. Um, I, my, my engagement of choice is on Facebook. Blake, uh, you're, you're a traditional. Going through I, the I like the message board. Yeah, you like the message board. And some people I know going through Twitter. 
any way you like. Go on board. Over 90,000 fans now for the greenhouse. That's an impressive number since all those years ago. It's a, it's a lot more. It's a lot more than we have listeners. If just, we could... <laughs> just a few more than we have listeners. Um, if we could just convert a few more. Just a few more of those. But uh, way back in the mid-2000s when Green-Eyed and his compatriots went off there and they had a dream. They had a dream that, you know, perhaps they could get something. 90,000 followers. Well, I think that dream's been realised. Yeah. I think it's been realised. We're also brought to you with the cash money sponsorship of Land Speed Records. Come in and get your LPs, your, your vinyl, you know. Come listen to your albums on vinyl. When was the last time any of you actually listened to an album from start to finish as nature intended to be listened to? You know, not on shuffle, not on, oh, here it is, and track one will come, and then track seven or nine. But when you actually put the disc on, you spin, spin the black circle and you drop the needle. Well, when you come to Landspeed Records, you can buy that vinyl. You can even buy things to play it on, and you can actually listen to it in the way that music was meant to be listened to. Yeah, and, and when you spend your money here, it stays green because they love the Cambrai as much as you do. The Dragons win. It was uh, it was a triumph of, I think, I think uh, will in the end over execution. Mm. It was an absolute dog of a game. It really was. Uh, the Dragons started off much, much better. And for a while, they looked as though they were going to do a, do a Titans number on us. They really it did. It looked as though they would just go down the right at will. They'd hit up the middle, then go to their yep. left, our right, and they were just, you know pouring through there and it was looking really dark and really ugly it really was was. it was a certain about 10 minutes in and I was like okay well at least we can well and truly write off this season I can stop worrying about it the pain's over the hope you can extinguish the hope and just you know like relax a little bit but in the second half look we've we found some resolve and we a defense really toughened up and we sort of started bashing them and Mm. we did enough to win the game and you know it was a valuable two points we got three tries but Mm. there was an element of luck in all those tries. Oh, I don't think there was an element of luck in Jack Whiten's. I think that was a good kick. That was a good leap. You know, he completely outclassed Lomax in the But any time you, you score a try off, off a kick, you know, there is an element of luck. It, it's it was well hope. executed. It it's was. It hope. wasn't... It wasn't Look, I've, Tom, I've seen flukes, and that one wasn't. Tom Starling's one was well executed as well, but that was sort of mm. off the back of, you know, a quick play of the ball and him pinning his ears back and doing what he can do yeah. which is why we need him in the side absolutely for a bit sprinting of, out of bit, dummy a bit of spark and yeah. doing very well to get the ball down there um, with three dragons on him but yeah I think we got pretty lucky I mean I looked at the line breaks they had four line breaks for the game we only had one so we had one yep. our attack at no point looked particularly good yeah but two of their line breaks turned into try and tries and two of them didn't so you know that's the thing having said that Look, it was a fairly tight contest for uh, for who was going to get the $20 Blake and the Pork Landspeed Records $20 voucher for Man of the Match. Um, really, in my opinion, it was out of three players. Uh, Josh Hodgson, who really rallied the side when it needed. Uh, Joe Tarpanay, who relentlessly worked with ball in hand and in defence, and Tom Starling. But I think we agreed. This is all no love for Geordie Raps again. I think you. Yeah, what do you go against the guy? I don't have anything against the guy. <laughs> have you not learnt? No. I, look, I'm not just going to be bullied into to voting for people. We've we've called him player of the match the last two matches. Player this... of the year. Player of the year. Mal Meninga medalist right there, buddy. Right. You think? Player of the year. I think Rhino, Rhino Sutton and Josh Papali'i are probably still in front of him. Um, but I think we both voted it was it was Tom Starling. Tom Starling. He was the difference when he came on. Yeah. I mean it's. I think as well against this game against the Storm, hopefully he could be the difference again. Because to beat the Storm, you know, for a while there I thought I knew how we could beat the Storm. Mm. And it was through a bit of unpredictable 
footballers mm. through a bit of BJ or yep. Bateman. Or, yep. But we don't really have, outside of Tommy and his darting, mm. we don't have a lot of unpredictability. No, there's not a lot the of moment. unpredictability. Well, the, you'd like to think that Jack Whiten, you know, with a much better performance, still a bit clunky, but um, there was un- unpredictability improved. because at patches he looked quite good. Well, the effort, I mean, like the previous week, maybe he was still injured in the game against the Knights. He had an absolute shock. He was quiet. Mm. He came back into the game against uh, against the Dragons. It was a bit of a, he actually did a bit of a social media post mm. during the week saying, you know, he's not a quitter and mm. he wasn't. A lot of noise attention. around, but Mama yeah. didn't raise no quit. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, it was, it was short and sweet. And good on you, Jack. And he, 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 had a, he had a red hot crack and he was good at times, but then, yeah, other times, like that one where he like kicked the ball 20 metres dead. Yeah, yeah, that was not good. <laughs> well, I mean, look, but it's going to take a little while for him to get back back into his groove. But the thing is, what we, we've said, you know, there was there has been a lot of noise, and we've been part of that noise. But we have at no stage been pouring on hate on vitriol. We've been imploring Jack to come back, Jack. We need you back. Where are you, Jack? It's not lift. We we hate you. Yeah, lift. It hasn't <laughs> been. We hate you. We want you out. We want to sell you or get rid of you or whatever. Or replace you. Know, like it's like. For goodness sake, Jack, come home. All is forgiven. And and you know what? You're starting to come home, and we're happy about that. So I'm pleased, and so is Blarke here. The mummy didn't raise no quitter because you still got another couple of gears to go, and we're really looking for you to, uh, to uh, do that. Look, I think in the first half we got out-forwarded. Um, I particularly was impressed with the cut of Blake Laurie's jib in that match. I thought he really put them on the front foot, and it wasn't until he went off the field that we really started getting back into the game. It was my opinion on that. I I, I think they really... Josh um, McGuire ran for more metres than he. There's metres and then there's impact. I know. There's metres and then there's impact, you know. And it's very unlikely that I'm going to say anything nice about Josh McGuire. I know he's one of your he's one of your token whipping boys. Not, there's nothing token about him at all. I have very getting, little. Getting back to Geordie Raps though, his effort again, I mean, I wasn't his best. wasn't maybe a 9 out of 10 like the game, you know, a couple of weeks ago, mm. but... Even still, his his effort was superb, and um, when he first went to fullback, probably the biggest question we had about it was whether or not he'd have the fitness yeah. to get through the game, and look, he, he, he subbed Ooh. off right at the end there, apparently he was cramping up a bit, and yeah. maybe that was because they just wanted to give Anderson his token five Run. minutes, yeah, yeah. which is, come in, first grade, it's like Ricky liked to, likes to do with these young players like Schneider, come into first grade, sit on the bench, have five minutes, and okay, back out, <laughs> yeah. back out of the team again. But yeah. yeah, he. We worried that he wouldn't be fit enough to play the role. But uh, Danny Stewart's man, um, Jake Duke, was singing his praises, saying that he was like behind the line, mm. organising the defence, oh, yeah. plugging every hole. Yeah, yeah, no, he's, he's doing really well. He's he's leading the kids at the back, and he's driving them on. He's urging. What was the name of the the guy in the decathlon race who was yelling the hell out of the guy yeah. who got the bronze bronze medal? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know whether Drubal or something like that. He was screaming at him, just saying, "Keep running, keep running," because that guy apparently was a much better runner. But rather than running off and you know doing well his event, he just stayed on his mate who was going to had a well, chance of getting finishing, a medal. He ended up finishing last or something in that race, yeah, because it didn't matter. He wasn't the No, no, he race. wasn't a thing. Yeah. What did matter is whether his mate got a medal or not, and he just stayed there was, and that was cool. yelled his guts out. Well, Geordie Raps is doing the same thing, except when he's got the ball in hand, he, he's making a big impact. And um, look, if if me, de- not death riding him, but calling him out at the beginning of the season, saying I didn't think he was now best 17, has resulted in this performance, well, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did it, you know? 
You know, as, as Principal Seymour Skinner said, well, prove me wrong, children, prove me wrong. And I think Geordie Raps has. Yeah, well, I true. think he has. Um, but I thought we got out forwarded it, but we, at the end, I just think we're a better side than St George Illawarra. Not that that's saying very much, but at least we're a better side than St George Illawarra. There's a couple of sides we're better than, I'm confident. <laughs> well, I'm confident we're now better than them because that was an arm wrestle of... of people who were struggling and it was you know another great four-pointer and um while i don't think st george illawarra is necessarily finished i think that pretty I think much they are I, I think that put the death i think they on are them. finished i i've my my sort of uh thing i'm sticking to is they won't win another game this season look I'm, and i think you can, if the warriors lose another match they're absolutely out if cronulla lose another match they're almost positively out so it's really a three-way chase for the seven and eight spot between the titans the raiders and newcastle now unfortunately we're at the tail of that because yeah, that, that lost against the Knights. you know that was, i think that was we had to win that game yeah because they have got a very easy run coming up well and yeah. and a lot of opportunity although we have a superior for and against just they've got a yeah well they've got a opportunity to really work on that because they're well, they playing the Bulldogs twice or the Broncos twice the here's Bulldogs. what we've got we've got the Storm then we've got the Seagulls then we've got the Warriors and then the Sydney Roosters if we win three of those we will positively make the finals that's a that's a tall order I think it's possible but it do it or we win two and the light Knights lose two of their four and they've got the Sharks the Bulldogs the Titans and the Broncos I can see them possibly losing to the Titans possibly the Broncos in the last game of the season, but in reality, I see three wins there for the Knights. Um, then the Titans... Who do you see them... Who do you see them... I see them losing the Titans. I think the Titans are running in some form at the right time, and I think they've got a good enough side with a lot of players on their roster playing for their careers, mm. you know? So I, and I think they're going to rise that. The Titans have to lose three, and they've got the Rabbits, the Storm, the Knights, and the Warriors. Now, if they lose to the Rabbits and the Storm, and then... They dump out to the Knights, which is possible, and the Raiders only have to win two at that point, and then they will get in over the top. Um, or the Titans lose two but get smacked in two of those matches because their points differential is minus yeah, two. Yeah, the Warriors is minus seventy four. The Warriors have a very good record against the Titans on the Gold Coast because whenever the, there's so many um, New Zealand expats on the Gold Coast, mm. when the Warriors play the Titans, it becomes like a Warriors home game. Yeah, no, that makes and, a lot of sense. And there, and there will be um, there are crowds allowed back this week in Queensland or next week? No, they're back. Think? They're back. They're yeah. out. Of, they're out of lockdown. But um, yeah, look, the Titans could technically drop four matches there and be out, and we could go in by default, um, which is always absolutely marvellous. Um, but the Raiders, really, in reality, if the Raiders win any less than two matches, they can count themselves out. And this weekend is, uh, and, and and so you know. When we're looking at that scenario, it, it, it makes me mad. In fact, you might say it grinds my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? You know why it grinds my gears? Because there's three dumb matches in that we lost. We lost where we should have won hands down. We should have beaten the Cowboys. There was no excuse for losing the Cowboys up in Townsville in that match. You know, we lost by two points. And we just got steamrolled in one of the lamest efforts I've ever seen by a Raiders outfit. The Knights down at Wagga Wagga, yes, Ponga came back in, but we shouldn't have let them back into that match. We should have won that match. We should have put that one to bed. And the Dragons in Wollongong, we should have done that. We win any one of those two matches. We really like, because a what you know the Knights, for example, if we'd won that match down there, we're not really 
talking about this, we're thinking about how we're going to secure our spot and possibly even chase a six or, or a fifth, you know, but instead we're there. And it grinds my gears that we dumped those matches early in the season. So now we're, you know, scrambling. And one of the things I've really enjoyed about 2020 and 2019 is I didn't have to reflect on those near losses, you know. And all the other seasons you think, oh, if we just won that match yeah. or this much, or if we just hadn't been robbed by the ref. If, you know, Henry Perinara hadn't robbed us by not seeing the forward pass against the Warriors early in the season, you know, and you don't want to be looking at that crap. Because most, when you're looking at it, most, it means you just haven't been good enough. Most teams that miss out in the eight, unless you're like Bulldogs and it's, you know, beyond... You didn't even get close. Most teams, you know, most years West Tigers fans could probably look back on one or two games and think well, we'd only won those ones. So. Oh, but it's so true. It's so true. But I mean, um, that was the real story of 2017, 2018, wasn't it? We were just like, we lost all those close ones and if only we'd just... Uh, yeah, yeah, if we just got through them. And that's when they went to the defensive I mean, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have lost that game to the Warriors at home. We no. had the terrible attrition and the forward pass and all the rest of it. Look, there was more excuse in that <clears throat> one too. It, we shouldn't it, have got absolutely one. belted by the Titans at home. You know? Oh, you got to win those. Well, the oh, home yeah. record's been appalling. Again, you got to win right. those games. That's right. That's right. And it, it just really the, the side's been in a bit of a shambles this year. But um, you know, it does make us reflect on the people we don't like that have really helped us, so we can go to Ask Clown of the Week. <laughs> Blake, you're gonna go. You're, you're gonna see one. First. Well, I've actually got two, but we're gonna you know have one up front, and then we're gonna have one behind. So my first one is Will Chambers. If you're watching, you know, the last couple of weeks, Will Chambers playing for the Sharks, he never shuts up. He is the chirping king. He is just constantly abusing his opponents with what can only be assumed to be some of the vilest uh, talk. Do you know that for a fact, though? You can see it. You can see the way he's doing it and going about. Um, and he's just laying in. And part of it is because he's 33 years old. His best playing days are well behind him. And how he's clinging on to the game is by trying to put his opponents off. And, and it's working. People are stupid enough to do it. Unfortunately for the Sharks, they're still so crap, it doesn't matter that they're getting players sin-binned on the other side. They're still losing. They're absolutely crap within doing this. And the problem Will Chambers and his ilk has got is since Komen's rubbed out the grubbery back in the early 80s, and then we got rid of the punching in 2013, and any racial or homophobic vilification has also been tromped out of the game, the next thing that's got its head over the parapet to be wiped out is uh, sledging and verbaling in the match. That will be the next thing because there's so many microphones on the field that you're going to find the you know horrified school principals a la complaining about Paul Gallon punching Nate Miles in the head are going to complain about. And that's the next thing. So the likes of Will Chambers um, yeah, and, what you, and your, what, walker, what, your walkers, your Dylan or, or your Cody's, absolutely, or your Jerome Lewis, absolutely mouthing off all the time. They're, they're your next target. But anyway, I, I really think Will Chambers is an ass clown because he looks like an ass clown. Who have you got? I actually went his sparring partner from the weekend, Kane mm. Evans. Oh, yes. That guy is just <laughs> so loose. Yeah, why did well, he throw the punch? Well, did you hear because Will Chambers, you know, egged him on? But, I mean, Will Chambers apparently was saying different things to different people. And oh, yeah. Some of it apparently was below the belt and everything else. When he threw the punches, I actually watched the replay of that. He said everyone's laughing at you because Kane Evans had tried to, to offload the ball twice mm. while getting tackled and had knocked on two times. Yeah. He said everyone's laughing at you. So is that really below the belt is that really that bad no I mean, no no I mean, no you know Kane Evans sticks and stones may break my bones I mean really oh yeah no, why, no. why, why no. do you react that and as soon as he threw the punches super dumb as soon as he threw the punches Will Chambers stepped out of the way and laughed him and knew he was going to the bin it's like oh, yeah. well I got that's what they try and do oh yeah totally. that's what other t- teams try and do to a, to a Joey oh, yeah. Layla or oh yeah. yeah they try and do it and, and Kane Evans just proved he, no question he's a nice clown 
Absolutely, I completely agree with you because you shouldn't have raised to it because he was an ass clown. He did try and do the offloads. He did drop the damn ball. Yeah, he was an ass clown, and, and there's no question. I mean, about Will that. Chambers is annoying, but I, I still find I still think that Jeremy Luai and um, and Cody Walker are just as bad, if not. Worse. Oh yeah, no, totally. Because they're more running in, running in and pushing but Jerome people. Jerome Luai and... and Cody Walker are good players. If you're a good player and you're doing it, I have a well, lot more forgiveness than when you're just a crap player. No, I, I disagree because I'm. I understand. I go back to more of the Tony Liberatores and everything else. Like, if all you can be is be a grub, we'll go for it. If you don't, it's the people like Billy Slater that annoyed me more because oh, he yeah. tarnished his the good things he did on the field by being a grub. By being a grub, you know, it's like yeah. you don't have some people. You know, and if I was pro- player, I'd probably be one too. Some people, all we've got is is being a grub. Yeah. And then you make a career out of being a grub. Uh, and some of us, like, we have absolutely no skills and no abilities whatsoever. All we've got is the integrity, at least we play the clean. <laughs> <laughs> the king of the fourth division, I like to call myself there. But anyway, I do have one more ask, Clown. I think this one will be universal. There's no question about that. Chris Sutton. Oh, my God, is he a dreadful ref or what? I mean, one of the. I mean, it wasn't a good match against the Dragons. We didn't play well. The Dragons didn't play well. But any opportunity that Chris Sutton had to do something, he got it wrong. Almost without question, he got his decisions wrong. He made bizarre rules. Kane Evans. We're going back to him. The second instant where he got sin binned, and they said it was a head slam. There was no head slam in that at all. Yeah. And he sent him for another 10, you know? And and in, if that had cost the Warriors the match, that was just an appalling decision. But there was there were a number of times where he made a decision. You know, he had no idea what was going on, and he made a wild decision, and they were almost completely wrong. He robbed the Dragons as much as he robbed the Raiders. The only thing that could be said about that, he was equally as bad for the Raiders as he was for the Dragons. You know, like, he was garbage. So did Chris Sutton ref- referee the game against the Warriors as well Warriors and Sharks no he did not no I'm talking about no the, 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 I'm going to Chris Sutton now in the, the guise of him being the referee I say with inverted uh, commas you um, got me confused man for the Warriors well that's not very difficult is it <laughs> was he the video ref for that game no he was not the video ref well, what's a... that got to do with Chris Sutton the head slam oh yeah good point <laughs> shut up go to hell okay talking about going to hell Danny Stewart also watched the match and he's got a few thoughts on it <clears throat> yeah, this is Denny Stewart, the uh, half-brother of a uh, Canberra Raiders coach, Ricky Stewart. <clears throat> In regards to that uh, game against the uh, Dragons last Friday night, uh, I don't think I've seen a better game of rugby league than that. <clears throat> now, I've seen some great games over the years. The 89 GF uh, springs to mind, and also that uh, 1990 test at Old Trafford where my... Uh, Half-brother, I uh, ran away for that break there to set up now for the winning try there in, uh, just before extra time there. But uh, I don't think I've seen a better game of rugby league than the one I saw between the Canberra Raiders and the St. George Laura Dragons last uh, Friday night. <coughs> and if that performance by the Raiders didn't scream uh, top four and shoot a, uh, a uh, warning to the rest of the comp that uh, we're the real deal, I'm, uh, I'm not sure what would. <coughs> A brilliant halfback's performance from Samuel Williams, the boy from Coomer. Uh, they ought to erect a statue of that bloke outside Canberra Stadium because uh, he's really carrying this club at the moment. <coughs> now we've got a couple of easy games to come against the uh, Melbourne Storm and the Manly Seagulls. Uh, two teams that, frankly, I don't rate too highly. So, uh, 
you can pretty much chalk that down as four points and uh, then probably our toughest game of the year to come against the Warriors after that. Uh, so that's going to be a toughie, and then we finish with an easy one against the Chooks. So, uh, look, I've chalked that down as uh, definitely at least six points, uh, possibly eight if we can beat the uh, powerhouse. That's the Warriors. <coughs> so we're uh, Sydney no spot at the moment. Our destiny's in our own hands. Uh, we've got a uh, couple of uh, very winnable games to come, and uh, go you, Green Machine. I like his confidence. I do like his confidence. I do like his confidence. And yeah, it's good to hear him talking it up, you know. He's talking up. Bit of, bit of positivity. He's not talking down. Bit of, po bit of positivity doesn't go astray. Doesn't go astray at all. Get behind the boys. Yeah, yeah. Another ask clown of the week was one the person operating the Blake and the Pork Twitter account who was just constantly down on it and had to be called out publicly on the weekend. Unbelievable. Just constantly chirping in about how bad it is, you moaning, whinging bastard. Well, you know I've been blocked by people on Twitter because of you. Guilt by association. Oh, well. Reading the play, what did I ever do to them? Oh, don't worry about them. Don't worry about them. They can go straight to hell. Who gives a crap? Look, one of the great pleasures you'll have in life is not engaging with someone on Twitter. It's blocking them. I there have are some not... people who just come in and they just randomly troll and they do things and eventually you just say, you know what, go to hell and you hit block and that's the end of them. No, I've never blocked anyone. But I've, Haven't I've, you? I've now... blocked heaps of people and I've been blocked by heaps of people. Well, I encourage exactly it. You. I don't get down that, that path. Hi, Alan Sung here, former Canberra Raiders captain. And you know what? I don't really listen to podcasts, but if I did, I'd probably listen to the third most popular Canberra Raiders one, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. We're coming up playing the Storm. We are playing the Storm. It's inevitable. Um, and they're coming for us out wide. You know it. You know, it, it feels like, it feels like if we go to Lord of the Rings, it feels like the farmers and the old men and the, and the, and the kids waiting on the walls at Helm's Deep. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> what it feels like. Josh Hudson does look a bit like a dwarf. That is him from Lord of the Rings. Oh, I say the problem is he's Aragorn in this, in this story. <laughs> um, look, we got um, we got uh, Bailey Simonson's back, and C.S. Oliola has been brought back into the side. I think it's a sign of how good Jordy Raps has been going um, at fullback that Simonson has gone to the wing. And why would why would you change that? Why would yeah. you change that? I would not be surprised, though, if at times they do alternate during the game, especially towards the back half. Yeah, yeah, it could I would happen. not be surprised. Look, uh, and we might as well look at the teams. We've got Geordie Raps at one, Bailey Simonson on one wing, Harley Smith-Shields on the other. Semi is out of the side. There's some larynx issue, apparently. This is the thing. No one gets dropped anymore, do they? No. Everyone's just injured. Well, when was the last time? When was the last time someone got dropped from the race? I can't think of a single time. Josh Hudson injured. Well, he was injured. Sebastian Chris injured. He is injured. What are you talking <laughs> it about? It started. It started about three years ago. What are you trying to say? It started about three years ago when. Uh, Have you got some sort of inside? When Aiden, when Aiden Caesar got mysteriously injured after a couple of shockers, and then it's just people just they just no one gets dropped well we've got Jared Croker and Matt Tomoko in the centres and they have... I guess because there's no reserve grade you can't say well I've sent him back he's got a couple of things to work on in reserve grade no well so, yeah, that's so right. there's no there's, you can't use that angle in the halves like... we have Jack White and, and Sam Williams is staying in the number 7 jersey and look he had a 40-20 and he had a, a, a try assist we're we going to do we're going to do uh, Sam Williams is going to be part of who's got to lift isn't he We'll get so to, I, I can apply the blowtorch then. We'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. Then in the front row, we've got, which is probably our great white hope, we've got Josh Papali'i. I think the idea of starting him off the bench... Um, Disaster. ...really has to end now. Disaster. Um, he needs to be on to no, Well, that's that what they did last impact. week. They went back to yeah. having those. And look, 
also the other thing is for the plan is obviously is for our two best forwards in Joey Taps and Josh Papalii to play yeah. big minutes. Big minutes and go Start there. the game. And we got Hodgson up there at nine. Then we got Hutto Young back in the starting side at 11. We got Elliot Whitehead in 12. Had a very, had a very good game as well, I think. He against, did have a good game. Dragons. And Ryan O'Sutton, who'll be better for the run at 13. And he he See, he didn't play very big minutes. No, he didn't. But he will, this like, he'll he'll, he'll be better for the run. So well, you get him, but he'll, he'll play, you know, the first 20. And then Starling will come on. And Hodgson will go to lock. Yeah, but and then, so we'll, when, then when we'll see come who comes off because there's a chance, and it doesn't happen very often, but there's a chance that Whitehead will come off. Whitehead won't come off. There's, there Whitehead is, will not come off. And don't forget, Sutton can go into the front row rotation. Well, that's what he'll do, but Whitehead won't come off. Yeah, maybe not. Then on the bench, we've got Tommy Starling, Emre Gula, Corey Hutter, Nida, and then C.S. Oliola back onto the number I, 17. I much prefer that bench actually having forwards... Yeah, I think that's on the bench. I I think that pretty much tells you how we're going to play the game. But also, what will happen now because we've gone back to all forwards on the bench, we'll have an injury to the outside backs. Oh, absolutely. Then we've got their side is Nico Hines at the back. He's off to where's he going? The Sharks. Sharks. Yeah. Then we've got Dean Eremia on one wing. The other wing is Josh Adakar, who's going to the Bulldogs. Um, then in the centres we have Remus Smith from the Bulldogs and Justin Olam from Justin P&G. Olam is just he's an absolute weapon. He's a weapon. He's a he? missile. He's a chunk of muscle. He's like Kamikamika but good. Um, then we've got uh, Cameron Munster and Jerome Hughes in the halves. That's Hughes is killing it and he Munster really is. And he Munster's played fantastically last weekend. Slowly seems to be getting back to um, yeah. some good form. And he talking about grubs. He's pretty grubby. Oh yeah. Um, then in the front row, they've got Kristen Welch, Brandon Smith, and Jesse Bromwich. That's pretty good. Then Felice Cafusi's The back. man who defies... He's like lower than a grub. He is. Well, he, he is He's just an absolute scumbag. I believe he's called ankles because he's two feet lower than a... Good! Yeah. <laughs> you know, you look... I looked at... Um, in the, the do you game. like how I did my own yeah. censoring there so you didn't have to do it? Thank you. Um, in the game between uh, the Storm... <laughs> and uh, the Roosters, there were a couple of crusher tackles put on report. Mm. And look, for the most part, I think crusher tackles, most of them do actually look like accidents. Oh, I don't yeah. think, I, I don't the think majority I've, are accidents. I've never really seen anyone, barring Felice Cafusi, look mm. as though they have deliberately gone out to do... Mm. But he'll jump on someone's neck and head. and Like, he's just the worst person ever. You don't like Felice Cafusi. Nah. Absolutely grub. But we do like Kenny Bromwich. He's in the number 12 jersey. And I think everyone likes the 30-year-old Dale Finucane. Has he decided on his future yet, where he's going? Yeah, the Sharks as well. He's going to the Sharks as well. My goodness, there's been some recruiting there. Um, then on the bench... All the other teams, this is a disturbing thing, all the other teams seem to have... Oh, the Tigers haven't re-signed anyone good, I don't think. But all the other teams in the bottom half of the eight with us mm. look as though they've really added some exciting new signings. We're not in the bottom half of the eight. Well, are we, we're in the eight, aren't we're we? We're in the eight. <laughs> just, just a new, we're about stability. We're about stability. Here. Like I said, would a bit of positivity <laughs> kill you? Um, they've got on the bench Harry Grant, Chris Lewis, um, I believe he's a Sunshine Coast boy, um, Nelson Asofa-Solomona is back after a long layout, and Ryan Pappenheisen. Nelson Asofa-Solomona always kills us, and he was, if you remember the first game mm. at home, mm. he, was oh, the, he was the player that I said I was most concerned about. He scored two tries, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He ran straight over Tommy Starling twice. Who tried his guts out, our Thomas, but um, yeah, didn't work out. And they've got Ryan Pappenheisen on the bench. That's that's just 
an embarrassment of riches. It's ridiculous to have, to be able to do that. Now we get to the section that absolutely no one apart from me gives a crap about. The extended bench. Who's on the extended bench? Do you know why no one gives a crap about, right? Because every week... No one comes off it. You say, oh, well, they could come, someone could come off, because this is how this whole segment started. I was like, why do you talk about the extended bench? No one ever, these players never right. come on. They've got Tom Eisenhuth. They've got Tepe Maroa, who used to be at the uh, Eels. Yeah. Jordan Grant and Isaac Lamelli. Uh, I'm surprised Lumi, that um, Tepo Maroa is, is back. Yeah, I am too. I didn't even see. I didn't know he was back until I was watching that game Look, last he week. only brings him back. He only brings him back, um, the players back, if he thinks he can get something out of them. And they're only... Oh, they've got him on a cheap deal. He he had a lot of promise when he first he came did. through Parramatta, but he's had a lot yeah. of he- uh, head knocks. Yeah, he has. On our bench, we've got Sebastian Chris, Matt Frawley, Dynamis Louie, and Saliva Havili. Oh, my God, I'm giving the extended bench to the Canberra Raiders. But you know what? We're trying to figure out, you know, how we're going to beat this side. Now, my first thing is, you know, ball control and defence. I think that's that's really key. We've just got to hold the ball and we've got to defend well. And Jack Whiten has to play well. Yeah. These, it's, it's, the, re- it's really it's really hard to see how we beat them. They just look better and better. And every year, you know, it's... The Melbourne Storm, to me, it's like... They're like the Empire in mm, the Star Wars saga. Mm. Every time you think you've got them beaten... You blow up a Death Star. Mm. They come back, they build another one. It's another even better. Death Star. <laughs> it's even better. <laughs> another Death Star. What's going on? And then you've got to fight with the Ewoks. <laughs> Not saying that Tommy Starling is an Ewok. Not saying that at all. But look, we did, uh, we've gone to the experts. We, you know, just to do some analysis about how we can beat them. So now it's time to rip in with Arnie J. G'day, Raiders fans. The good news is the storm are due for a loss. The bad news, they are very hard to beat. In 2019, we beat them twice in a short period, round 19 and the first week of the finals. Round 19, we came back from 18 nil down and beat them in a lot of key stats, all run meters, post-contact meters, line breaks, etc. Jackie Boy ran for 179 meters that day and the most of any player. In the finals, we were equal or slightly in front of them in key areas, so it goes without saying we need to play out of our skin to win. To win, I recommend we do four things. One, pest, hassle, niggle Munster as often as we can. He is a hothead. Get under his skin and he will do something silly. Hopefully give himself 10 in the bin twice. Two, attack two to three passes wide, pushing their forwards from side to side. They are a huge pack, so move them around as much as possible. Playing tight plays into their hands. Three, lots of running with options on the edges. Bellamy has always been a fan of cut price centres. They are their weakest link. Olam in particular loves to put a shot on, but I'm not convinced he is a good defender generally. Four, the creative strike comes from Grant, Munster and Pappenhausen. Munster will be sent off or in the bin, so most of our attention needs to go to Grant and the Pat. Keep your fingers crossed, follow these steps, and we can be competitive this week. You know, it's a brain's trust like this. This is the reason why Raiders View with Blake and Pork hasn't fallen to fourth position and is still, you know, holding firm at number three because Arnie J just brings that little bit of extra cerebral capacity, which, you know, has been so absent. Um, you it's know, what sets us apart. It is. What you don't get apart. that from Raider Nick. No, you definitely don't get it from Raider Nick. You know, if you want someone to bench press something, Raider Nick's your man. If you want someone to oil his pecs, Raider Nick. But 
you want really good statistical analysis, you've got to come to Razor Review with Blake and the Pork and rip him with Arnie J. You really yeah. do. There's no question about it. But, um, look, there has been some some talk about us bringing in Ash Taylor on a on a cheap deal. deal. Cheap deal. I like it. I like it. Of what's out there at the moment. Oh, we've discussed this, actually, Ash Taylor, have. earlier in the year. And I did have my concerns as to how he would go fitting into Canberra. He's had his struggles in the past. And it's a long way for, you know, for a kid from Queensland to come down be the one that you'd expect that would take Ash under his wings if Ash came to Canberra would be Ryan James. Well, but... But there's no guarantee Ryan James is going to be here next but year. But we've just seen that Corey Horsburgh and Ryan James are actually on a loan to the Dogs this yeah. weekend. So, you know... They've that, gone to the Dogs. That, that tells you a lot about what's happening with those two players, in my opinion, the fact that they're loaned out. Uh, Maybe we just want to get them some match fitness. Yeah, Horsburgh, you know, hopefully he'll still come good, but obviously... We had high hopes for him going into this season. We and did. He had the drink driving charge. That was the first thing that derailed him. Then the injuries and stuff. Yeah. yeah. A lot of lot of us, myself included, had him, you know, marked out for a maroon jumper this year. And he, that certainly didn't happen, did it? No. No. There was no maroon jumper for him. So, look, if he's going to be and taken I mean, it's under... Not, and it's usually not that hard to get the start in the forwards for Queensland. Here's the options for him being taken under, under the wing. Uh, Brett White... You know, taking him under the wing and actually having him live in the space. Ricky Stewart, Jared Croker, Elliot Whitehead, um, or Cia Soliola. Yeah. And that's it. And, and those, are, those are the people you have to say. If you brought him in and you actually really brought him into the fold and gave him that ownership and, and that tight stuff, yeah, I think it could work out. There's no question the kid's got some talent. He well, and does. also, if, if you're getting him on two hundred fifty dollars to $300,000, look, it's not a huge gamble. But I'd, I'd for a one-year deal on that sort of money. I'd it's put no him on gamble. that sort of money with incentives for performance incentives. Yeah. Well, if, if you, you play do, well, if you play well, and these are the performance things: try assists, line breaks, line break assists. You do these things, and your missed tackles is down. If you're doing these things and you're playing X amount of matches, then here's your performance bonus. Because yeah, that's, but how do you how do you account for that in the salary cap? You've got to leave that money in the salary cap. If you do all these things, we'll pay you an extra hundred grand. Well, in order to do that, yeah, I know, I you'd know. Have but to leave if we're bringing grand. him in, he's taking over the seven hundred that's George Williams at three hundred. So there is that room. Well, ideally, he's all you have to he, leave is a couple I, of hundred. Ideally, we're punting Curtis Scott, who we got the good news last week. The police have charged him, so hopefully, or is, it the, is it the good news? Is it, it is. the good news? It is. We've got to get rid of him, man. I'm We've not got to arguing get rid of him. that, but it's just sad. I don't the like to death right any individuals. This, unless, this unless... is the man who punched Dylan Walker in the head a number of times. And you know what? Somewhere deep down inside me, there's still a bit that really admires him for that. There just is, you know. And it didn't work out. I wish it had, but it didn't work out. But we will always have the moment, although he was a storm player yeah, exactly. at the time. Where He's he got punched, a storm tattoo, man. Where he punched the he living can, he hell can... out of Dylan Walker, and I think we all appreciate that. The storm that. didn't want him. In the same way that the Roosters let Dylan Napa and Kane Evans go. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know. But it just... And these, these big teams, in very, unless it's... Yeah, unless but big teams Dylan... let Joey Lalua go, and for a couple of seasons, was he not a bright spark? Yeah, but they're more troubled than they decide these guys are more troubled than they were. I know. And we've seen it with Dylan Napa, we've seen it with Kane Evans, and we've seen it with Curtis Scott. Mm. Of, of all the players that the Roosters have lost, outside of RTS... Yeah, you know, there's not really I can think of any that they've really been too upset about. No. And look, what did they do? They went and signed Tedesco, who's even better than two of us, Shagze. He is. Really? Yes, he is. No, 
if I had to choose between the two, I'd take RTS, and you know why? Because RTS is a better captain. And I just think he's a better player all round. I just think he is. He amazes me with his skill. Tedesco is fantastic. No, no questions asked, but I put RTS on a level above him. I just do. Look, today, Wrong again, Pork. Wrong as, again. As we're recording today, it is actually the anniversary of a fantastic match back in 2008, which... Um, it's the 13th anniversary. It's one of those rare moments where everyone who's to do with uh, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork, except for the Shark, who I believe was in the United States of America at the time. I could be wrong. No, it would have been. Um, all of us were actually there. So Danny Stewart, there. Lord Funkington, there. Blake, there. The Pork, Was Danny there. Stewart there? Yeah, yeah. We were all there on that particular day, um, watching that fantastic match where we were actually down by 12 points to 6 before running away 74 points to 12. Well, the, 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 the big context of that game was that was during the earlier in the week, the club had uh, sacked mm. Todd Carney. They that was actually the D-Day. I think they had the board meeting on the Wednesday they or did. whatever. And, and he went in and, look, he actually went in thinking that um, they were going to do a deal. They'd come mm. up with an agreement uh, that, you know, he was going to stop drinking and yeah, yeah. meet these certain things. And the weekend prior, I think, did is that when he smashed up the phone zone store in Goldwater? And I think that was the final... Yeah, I've... there was some, and there was another incident on top of all the other incidents, and they went, "You know what? We we're cutting him free. You're never going to get better." And um, I talked. So it had to... been it had been a rough week for Raiders supporters. It really had, and that week, and and we were all resigned. We were all unhappy about it. And Don Fernandini came to the the grandstand booth where I was working, and I talked to him outside of it, and I said, "Look." You know, it's really sad that it did it, but I actually agree with what you did because it was never going to get better. And he looked at me and said, "If we win today." I'm fantastic, and if we lose today, my name's Mud. He said, you know, and that's what it all comes down to. And then that 74-12 came out and signified the start of the Raiders' run Yeah. to, you know, the finals, which came to a horrible end at the hands of, you know, the Sharks. Yeah. But um, in a very unmemorable match, which I believe you were at, as I was, was I. It was memorable for different reasons. But Adrian uh, Bertel takes that intercept early in the match. I think we might have had a chance. We didn't, th- we didn't actually think we were out after that game, but the reason we were out is because the Warriors beat the Storm in oh, Melbourne yeah. at Olympic Park. That's right. The, one of the few times that eight's position eight beat position one and yeah. we, we were gone. But... um. Yeah, the thing about that game uh, against the Panthers was really the arrival of uh, Terry Campisi. It was as the a superstar because he'd been bouncing in and out of first grade. Yeah. Uh, prior to that, since about two thousand and four, I think, and, and in various positions. Yeah, too. lock and off the bench and different things. No, and he'd, he'd had one. He'd been in two. He'd been on the wing at one stage. He was in the centres. Like he'd been all over the freaking yeah. park. Totally, um, man. Totally. Freaking. Um, but yeah, in that match, he just went. And at the very end of it, not realising that if he got the last conversion, that he would have equaled Mel Meninga's record against the points hold against the Roosters in the 99 match, he gave Mark Herbert the kick at goal. And uh, he didn't realise at the time. And if he had realised, do you think he would have taken it? I'd say so. I'd say so. My favourite moment, though, was um, I think it was in the second half, and Alan Tung scored a try, and he got up and he kissed... Kissed the badge on his jumper. Yeah. And that really, yeah, that really resonated with me. And I was, after the game, I was on a high. I was a bit tired. I was a bit emotional. I was a bit excited. Like I said, it had been a rough week. Mm. I headed to the Dixon Tradies as they used to have the uh, after-match functions Function. in the C, C, uh, CMFU, C, CFMEU. CFMEU sponsorship days. Um, 
yeah, so the players would turn up there. And so I was there at the thing afterwards. And I saw Alan Tung walking in towards the thing. And I put my arms out. And he just came in and gave me this wonderful embrace. And then bought me a beer. And I thought, how good is this? Alan Tung, you won't meet a nicer guy. No, you, you absolutely I mean, won't. I he won't hear this, though, because he doesn't listen to podcasts. No, he doesn't listen yeah. to podcasts. Um, but, and if he did, he probably listened <laughs> to this <laughs> one, but he doesn't listen to them. Um, as I've said before, he, he's suspiciously nice. He's actually gone to that level of nice where when someone, you know, finds someone chained up in his bunker, you know, somewhere like this. It will never it? happen. We, we never suspected it, never it would happen. be someone as nice. Yeah, but he's so nice it's suspicious. It will never happen. But after all that, I had this great moment with Alan Tung. I thought... How good is it sort of supporting a professional sporting team that is sort of just on that level of being kind of professional but at the same time? Still in the park. Yeah, so you can actually have a beer with him. Because you can't go, Roy Keane's never going to give you a hug and buy you a beer. Yeah, he's going to headbutt you best, isn't he? He's going to open you up. With well, he'll be in some sort of exclusive club you'd never be able to get into in the first class. So. And he'll just, actually, he won't split you. He'll have his man go down and split you if he yeah. could even be bothered. You know, Roy Keane, not a man of the people. Um, but now our favourite segment... Who's got a lift? Ooh. Well, uh, Jack Whiten, he started lifting. Keep lifting, Jack. Keep going. Keep Give him hell. Go in, go at Cam Muster, go at these guys and show them that you are Jack Whiten, you know, because if we're going to win this weekend, it'll be on the back of you having a berserker game where you just keep going at them in your relentless fashion. They're on the back foot and they think, you know what? We're going to make the finals. I've had enough about this. I want to get to my ice bath and, you know, back to my hotel room on the Sunshine Coast. Give it to him. But the other player who's got a lift, I think we know who it is, Blake. Sammy. Sammy Williams. I love you, Sammy. We love you, Sammy. Uh, but with the greatest respect, I just don't think he's up for first grade. He's just not a first grade quality halfback. I, I mean, think he is. I think he can do it. I think he can lift. I think he can defensive, slam Defensively... This is it. This is this is the week where people say, "Oh my God, he's not a he's not a turnstile." This is Sammy. If you go against him, you're going to get hurt. Defensively, he's just not up to it. Yeah, and that's why I think you know that's why I'm excited about the prospect of signing Ash Taylor, who defensively is not great either. But I mean, he's not Sammy Williams bad at tackling. Oh, I think he is. No, he's better than Sammy. He's pretty ordinary at tackling. He's better than Sammy. Did you notice in the game against um, the Dragons? Actually, Elliot Whitehead swapped sides, and he wasn't on his normal side on the left, where he's with Jack and. Croker, mm. he was on the right-hand side with Sam Williams, and that was presumably to try and help out Sam with his defence, because Sam struggled so much So the previous game against the Knights. There was one point in the game in the second half where Elliot Whitehead literally pushed Sam Williams into a tackle. I've never seen that happen in all my years of watching rugby league. I've never seen that happen before, but did you see that? I did not see that. Uh, he I did see the point where Sammy was looking around at the end of the match thinking, who the hell's running forward? Where am I giving this to? And in the process, completely didn't pick up the ball. See, when the West the Tigers did that a couple of weeks ago, that was funny when the West Tigers missed It was funny when, when that happened. It's not funny when it happens yeah, with us. Yeah, when it happens with us, that was freaking awful. Anyway, and, um, you I don't, believe... You don't, see, you don't see that. The Melbourne Storm don't do that, do they? No, I believe, as opposed to you, that Sammy can and will lift. He will lift. But now it's time for... Oh, One more thing about Sammy Williams, though, as well. Did you notice there were a couple of points, too, where the commentators were, like, really confused? Like, why is Sam Williams packing in in the scrums? Well, there's a reason for that. Yeah, we know why. It's because the Walker try against Manly, mm. where they just ran around him enough, they went, okay, let's not have him defending at the scrum anymore. Mm. And it doesn't matter who's in at hooker, so we'll just stick him in the front of the scrum where mm. he doesn't have to break, he doesn't have to make a tackle, he doesn't have to... Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good plan. Why not? Why yeah. not? 
Yeah. Why not? There's some people always point at Josh Hodgson's missed tackle. It's like, well, his job, like Jonathan Thurston, isn't actually, apart from the first 20 minutes, to do those tackles. His is to slow him down and not wear himself out. You know, Laurie Daly is smart enough. In the last few weeks, uh, Hodjo's tackling has gotten a lot better. Oh, yeah. Because those ones where he'd come sort of bouncing out of mm. early in the year and last year, he's been like whacking dudes. Yeah, yeah, he's been whacking dudes. That, that's exactly right. And we're going to have to whack some dudes this weekend um, in order to get through. But, oh, Stradamus. Look, I've been looking at the, uh, the, the odds for this weekend. And the Raiders sports bet have them at nine dollars in a two-horse race. Nine dollars head to head. Yeah, that's that's up there with the what were the Bulldogs when they're playing the Storm? They're like ten dollars. Oh, and we're not that bad. And then at thirteen plus, they've got the Raiders at thirty-six dollars. But but this is the one you want for the Canberra Raiders to win nineteen plus. It's eighty-one dollars. Eighty-one dollars. Now there's a reason it's eighty-one dollars, people, because they're so incredibly confident that the Raiders will not win by that amount. There's no I'm chance. I'm incredibly confident about that too. But here's the thing, and this is my pork Stradamus. A couple of injuries, a couple of breaks downs. You know, Felice Cafusi breaks down. Sofa Solomona breaks down. Someone gets sin-binned or sent off, and a couple of our players have a good one, and a defence is in order. A Sofa Solomona, they can, they seem to manage, okay, like if they have him out there running over the top of Tom Sowing, it's a bonus. If he goes down, they'll still win. But what I'm saying, if things go wrong... If things go wrong, and things can and, and go what, wrong. And what if Nico Hines get in, gets injured? Well, they'll just put Pappen out. They'll just put Pappen out. <laughs> but what I'm saying is things can go wrong. And look, and this is what I want to remind people. This is what I want to remind people. When, I think there's more chance of a Melbourne Storm player getting struck by lightning. And a Melbourne Storm player could get struck by lightning. And this is my point. So I'm glad you raised that point. But what I want to point out to you is, while Justin Lamb is playing good football and he's a bit of a weapon, He's not Mr. Dynamic. He's very solid. Remus Smith, last year, you would have said, who? Playing for Canterbury. Now, that was in Canterbury. And he's doing all right, but he doesn't set the world on fire. And Aramea on one wing is good, but he's nothing fantastic. They do have holes. Okay, Adokar is bloody brilliant. Adokar had a very quiet game against us. He didn't actually score. He barely touched the ball. And he can have quiet games. And Nico Hines is due for a bad game. And Ryan The Papa, Storm are due for a loss. They are due for a loss. This might be the loss but they, they need to have. And this is what Pork's Dramas is saying. It's a shock win to the Raiders. Pork's Dramas has pulled down the power from the universe. A shock win, 19 plus? A shock win. No, I'm not saying... I don't... I don't know what the thing is. I it didn't tell me the details, yeah, but it said it's a shock win to the Canberra Raiders, um, and and it's one of those moments where people look back and say, "Oh my God, do you remember when? Where were you?" Just like the seventy four twelve against the Panthers. But we have a listener of the week, and I've been trying to put this person up for the last couple of weeks, but Black A keeps pushing them out. It's uh, Shazza at lovely underscore Shazza. Well, don't think we don't know you're there, Shazza, because we do. And we appreciate that you're on board, you're, that you are uh, Blake and the Porklet. And, you know, you're our listener of the week I this week. I wasn't trying to push her out. Yeah, you were trying to push her out. I, I would have said otherwise it was sexism, but it really is just because you want to read out the uh, the iTunes reviews, the Apple Music reviews, which is fair enough. I promised if you leave us a... It's true. If you leave us a review, you'll be listener <laughs> of the week. And last week's listener of the week, Ben, was he was very taken with his, uh, with his accolade, so... Right. Well, Shazza, you didn't do anything of the sort, but what I have noticed is you've been on board, you're listening, you're commenting, you're on board with us, and if you're with us, we know it, and you are this week's Listener of the Week. 
A uh, bit of a shout out to one of our two-time uh, listeners of the week in Wanda. Hope you're going well up there in lockdown. Hope everything's all right for you. We're thinking of you as well. But there are, in fact, reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. One, two, three. Well, we're in the eight. Our fate is in our own hands. The words mathematical is is not yet being used. You know, we're not there. It's not being used. And Tommy Starling's form has just been absolutely fantastic. So those are reasons to be cheerful. Blake, what do you got? Tommy Starling. Yeah, it's a good reason to be cheerful, Tommy isn't it? Tommy Starling. Um, other reasons to be cheerful. Curtis Scott, the charges coming through. Did I mention that already? Yeah, I'm not sure that's a reason to be cheerful. But yeah, I'm Schadenfreude? Sh- yeah, Schadenfreude, yeah. Shameful joy, just for those people who don't know what that word means. Um, now, we got this week's Sponsor of the Week, where I should tell you, the people at Blake and the Pork get absolutely no financial benefit. We have not been asked for this. There's no deal. There's no undercurrent whatsoever. In fact, some of them have asked, thank you, Tony Ferrucia, not to mention their product ever again. Um, and we will abide by that, and we will not tell the Blake mm. and the Porklets to go to you because for some reason, you know, they're against that. Um, but, you know... Don't buy the supermarket special milk. Buy the Canberra milk. You know, if you want a forklift, Toyota forklift, you're doing your tax, which you should be doing right now, income tax professionals, because they sponsor your seat. But this this week, our sponsor of the week is Jersey's Megastore, right down there on Iron Knob Street. Iron Knob, do you love Iron Knob? Out, out there, I do. Out there in... Out next, out, just outside Cock. Yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> right outside Cock is, is Jersey's Megastore. Uh, I challenge you to go there and not find the jersey you're looking for. They have more jerseys than you can poke a stick at, and they are a great loyal supporter of the Canberra and, Raiders. And they're all official licensed jerseys. Oh, none so of this don't be, cheap don't, knockoff crap. Don't be tempted to buy one off Facebook with Bluey on there as well, or, yeah, 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 or no. ACDC. No. Have you seen those? Yeah, they, there's these like bots online, and what they do is they um, look at the various things that you're... So if you're interested in Iron Maiden, the Canberra Raiders... They then present you. Here's an here you can buy an Iron Maiden meets Camberators uh, jersey. Yeah, and they some computer spits it out and comes from China. And yeah, don't yep. do that. Go to jerseys. Yeah, go to Jersey's Megastore. They are this week's Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork, uh, sponsor of the week. So get down there to Iron Knob Street and and buy from them. Great people. Um, so coming soon next week, uh, we have we have an eight day turnaround before we play the Seagulls. Now it should be noted, of course that we actually have an extra day's turnaround on the Melbourne Storm this week. You know, We played, obviously, mm-hmm. on Friday night, and then they played on Saturday night. Yeah. Well, it didn't the extra day didn't help us against the Knights, did it? It really didn't. And then yeah. the Knights went out and won on a four-day turnaround, which has very happened. Well, we've got... We play this Thursday night, and then the Seagulls don't play till Saturday night. So we actually have an eight-day turnaround. They only have a six. They're up against Parramatta Eels, and they both hate each other. So maybe something horrible can go wrong there. Who knows? And then after that, we play the Warriors, and we really owe them one for what they did to us um, in that earlier match where we lost all those players and they won on a forward pass, basically. And then we come home, hopefully with a very, very wet sail, against the Roosters in the last round on Thursday, the 2nd of September, another Thursday match. So, you know, if there is an upside for this, we're coming home with a fair few free-to-air matches here. You know, so, that, I mean, that's got to be nice if that actually meant anything. I guess our sponsors would be happy with that. But, you know, coming down to it, we've got to win. And, you know, here's the good news. This weekend, you heard it from Pork First, we're actually going to beat the Melbourne Storm. And you know what's great about that? I think Danny Stewart already predicted it. Yeah. You know what? what's great about that? I hate the Melbourne Storm. Oh, I hate it with a passion. I, I, I'd be happy just to write off the season now, cancel the rest of the season. If we could beat the Melbourne Storm. No, yeah. just so I don't have to watch the Melbourne Storm win another premiership. 
Because I can't see them not... Penrith won't beat them. Yeah, they will. Souths won't beat them. Yeah, they will. Manly won't beat them. Yeah, they will. I just, Parramatta won't beat them. I just... There's, there's... They're both good and original. What is original is not good, and what is good is not original. That doesn't bear any comparison to the Melbourne Storm at this stage. I just want to say not, something nasty about them. I don't like them. I don't like them. I don't like the way they go about the game. I don't like the way they've been dominant for this long. It bores me. I don't like them. I don't like their fans. I don't like their stadium. I hated Cameron Smith with an utter passion. Um, and, uh, you know, Cameron Munster's in that area. I, I hope we beat them. I hope we beat them sorely. I hope they lose. I hope they're purple bloody fans who don't know the rules cry in their bloody coffee and say they were robbed for this reason or that reason or another and I hope we use this as a springboard to not just go into the finals but actually do something when we get there I hate the Melbourne Storm Blake you hate the Melbourne Storm yeah of course totally alright you have been listening to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet um, and we'll talk to you again soon Blake and the Pork Blake and the Pork